Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I love when you snap like that. It's one of my favorites. It really is. You're really good. That's why I think we're friends, because we both have that psycho element where we can snap for a few <laughs> seconds and then go back to normal and be like, it's okay, I'm good. We are back to normal, at least for now, but you never know when the next snap is going to happen, but we snap right back. It's not advisable for normal human interaction, but Chris and I can get away with it because we're very much alike in that regard. Not very much alike when it comes to picking games in week four. Holy crap. Oh, no. I have restrained myself. I have resisted saying anything about it as it was happening or thereafter. I wanted to wait for this moment. To say what the fuck happened last week? Six and one I was in the seven games on which we disagreed straight up. Uh, it, it really is. It's amazing. It was uh, as bad as it gets. I, I just I can't believe I was so excited about last week. Going, man, we have our differences, and I can maybe get a you know a little comfort, a little cushion in my lead, and now I'm behind. It's just like. Every game that we, I just, I can't get over it. I, I really can't. It just, there was, there was so many heartbreakers. I got the Saints. It's looking good for them. You got the Vikings. That doesn't work out the right way. I mean, do you had the, did you have the Falcons over the Browns too? Did you have that no, one? No. Okay. So not. you got that one wrong. What were our other disagreements that I'm looking at that are like, what did I miss that you just dominated me in? Oh, Chiefs, Bucks, right? Oh, gosh. Cardinals, Panthers, geez, yep. So, yeah, Eagles, Jags, Cardinals, Panthers, Raiders, Broncos, uh, Chiefs, Bucks, all you won all of them. I hate you. All right, let's go on. I knew the Chiefs were going to win because the Buccaneers had to uproot the operation and do the Noah's Ark thing in Miami, but I kept my mouth shut about that because I didn't want you to change your mind, and it worked. So uh, I almost changed my mind before the game. I never do that. For the Sunday night football show, but I almost did this week, and of course I paid for not doing it. It is Chris Sims Unbuttoned and PFTPM, the Joint Megapix podcast. It does put us in a weird spot because we take our hand off the checker on Thursday for the Sunday night game, but there's a separate Sunday night competition among anyone and everyone who's involved in the show. And it is tempting at times to say, well, circumstances have changed since Thursday, or I just changed my mind. I've resisted ever doing that, I think. If I have done it, I've forgotten. It is tough to do, though. It's tough. Once you, in my mind, have made your pick, you've made your pick. Yeah, that's right. And you know, I don't, I don't want to be that guy that, that changes things and does all of that and 
kind of just try to live with what we got and what we go with on Thursday here. We do this Thursday morning. But, yeah, there, there's definitely one or two games every week where I get to Saturday or Sunday morning and go, ah, oh, man, I didn't think about that or I didn't know that all these guys are going to be out and I wish I would have changed it, but that's just the nature of the beast. And we go on and it doesn't matter. You know, I'm not even going to hold that as an excuse to go. I've squeaked out seven and nine straight up. It just speaks to how crazy the league is too right now. And I'm hoping I can get back on track here. And at least I ended my skid when it comes to best bets. One and two. I was so thrilled to be one and two. And at one point I thought I was going to go two and one, if not three and oh, the Steelers, Fucked me at the drive-thru. Yes, they did. Thanks a lot, Steelers. I got a tie. I two and one. And then what did I get my tie with last week on the best bets? I don't even remember. I don't know. I thought if you tied, you lost, but I'm not going to quibble over that. I have a feeling that tie is going to make the difference between you beating me or not beating me. Buffalo minus three and one by three. Oh, That's gosh, what I had. Yeah, Buffalo was a best bet. That one, you could have been 0-3 if they didn't wake up in that game. All right, let's get to it. All odds provided by Bet. MGM Thursday night football, the Broncos. The line has moved overnight from three to three and a half. The Broncos are favored. Jonathan Taylor would seem to be worth more than a half point for the Colts, but that's where the line is. 42 and a half is the over under. Chris, who do you like? Well, I, I, I like the Broncos. I just don't have a lot of, I, I first off think this will be a defensive struggle type of football game. I, I can't imagine it being high scoring. I'm going to go Broncos 20 to 14, you know, but you know, generally, yeah, I just have a little more faith in the issues that the the Broncos and the Colts have that the Broncos can fix them. You know, I don't have much faith at all in the the Colts offense right now, especially with Jonathan Taylor out. And then the Broncos defense is real and their game plan specific and they're creative. So I look at that and go, okay, wait, not very good at running the ball, and now you're gonna have to try to throw the ball against a secondary and a defense that's. Very good in pass defense. They really are. So I can't imagine them having a lot of success there with Matt Ryan and doing that. And then on the other side, hey, the Colts' defense is good. It is good. Um, but minus, like, Russell Wilson making bonehead mistakes, which he doesn't do. In fact, he's probably borderline too careful. I just go, I don't know if it matters there either. I mean, I just think, hey, there's a little more potential in Russell Wilson's playmaking ability, his ability, you know, with the receivers and all that. I just like that aspect a little bit more. I don't have a lot of faith in the Colts' ability to make big plays on either side of the ball. They can't score points. They can't sack the quarterback. They can't cause turnovers. I think the Broncos just do that a hair better. That's why I'm picking them. And look, everybody within that football operation is on high alert. They have to have their act together. We saw it in the primetime game to cap the Sunday that was week three when somehow the Broncos pull a rabbit out of their butts and beat the San Francisco 49ers, a game that it felt like the Broncos were destined to lose. That was the debut of Jerry Romsberg as the coach to the coach, the guy who's helping Nathaniel Hackett not make a bunch of dumb decisions in real time. And now here comes a team not nearly as good as the 49ers in the Colts without Jonathan Taylor, with Matt Ryan looking like it maybe is over for him. Not all these guys are going to play into their 40s. They're not going to be able to do so. Father Time is going to win the race and whap him over the head with that big-ass hourglass uh, sooner rather than later, it seems. So I just think this is one the Broncos have to win, need to win, get on the right side of 500, 
restore faith in the fan base and in this new ownership that didn't hire anybody who's currently with the team. So I think the Broncos win this one 17-9, suffocating the Indianapolis offense in large part because the offense really isn't very good. So hopefully it'll be closer than that. Hopefully it'll be exciting down to the wire, but I just think this is going to be a kind of a methodical, plotting, inevitable victory by the Broncos at home tonight, Chris. Yep, I'm with you. Let's go to the next one. All right, Sunday morning, and for the first time ever, the Green Bay Packers playing in London against the New York Giants. The Giants are 3-1. and one, The Packers are 3-1. and one. For the first time ever, we have exported to England a game involving two teams with winning records. That's it's amazing. never happened before. And, of course, the caveat here is how in the hell are the Giants 3-1, and one, especially with Daniel Jones banged up with the ankle. Tyrod Taylor's out with a concussion, hasn't been cleared yet, and I have a feeling that pendulum has swung the other way where we're going to see it take longer for guys to get cleared after the Tua Tonga-Vailoa situation. Packers are eight-and-a-half-point favorites. They screwed around with the Patriots on Sunday and almost lost that game in overtime. Do the Packers win? Do they cover in their debut in London? Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I mean, I'm excited for the London fans to get this kind of game. You know, again, I, I, I think the Giants are kind of a mirage of a three and one football team. You know, it, it's above expectations. It's a favorable schedule. It's maybe a lucky bounce here and there. And I think more importantly that, that I've always been saying here is they're just playing the appropriate way. But, like, the Giants are, like, they're, they're, they're the, a five-legged football team, okay? And you, and you know what I mean by this because you've heard me say this. It's Daniel Jones' two legs, Saquon Barkley's two legs, and Graham Gano's one leg. That's how they win games. Let's keep it ugly. Let's keep it close. Danny Dimes will run and scramble maybe or design run for a few. Saquon will break a big one, and we'll kick a lot of long field goals to beat you. That, that's kind of what they do. But Daniel Jones is not totally healthy, so I can't imagine his mobility being up to par. They have a pass game you don't have to really worry about. They can't protect long enough, so you know, which then is going to like the Packers are going to go. Wait, Daniel Jones can't run the same. They're going to be able to focus on Saquon Barkley a little bit more. I have a hard time thinking the Giants can, you know, consistently move the ball or make plays on the Packers defense. That's my big thing. Now I do think the Giants defense can slow down the Packers. The Packers offense, obviously not a any sort of juggernaut right now, um, but ultimately I just think Rodgers, you know enough playmaking, Dobbs, how he looks. Packers win 24-13 in kind of an ugly ugly game in London. I've got 34-16, and now I'm having second thoughts about 34 because you're right. The Packers' offense really hasn't been great. But if they're ever going to fire on all cylinders, they're going to go to a place where it's got a special vibe, a special feel. Rodgers has never done it. I think he's going to be a little more engaged and fired up than usual to have this opportunity to be kind of a showman in London and uh, maybe elevate the play of those around him and get a big win. Either way, they win and they cover. The question is, how many do they score? I've got 34-16. Let's move on to the 1 o'clock games. And this still is weird to see. The Pittsburgh Steelers as 14-point underdogs for the first time since the merger and the last team to ever be a 14-point underdog in the entire league since the AFL-NFL merger of 1970. Bills minus 14, over under 46.5. I think we both like the Bills to win. The real question is, can the Bills overcome that 14 points they're spotting the Steelers? I, 
I don't know. I I I want to. I'm I'm gonna say no. I, that's just a lot. And here's my. I mean, obviously, the Bills are a better football team. We know that. But I don't know. Will there be a different approach from the Steelers on the offensive side of the ball with Kenny Prickett, Pickett? I think there might be. I might. I I think that you know we we talked today. I think there might be a thing where they just they get in the shotgun and let him wheel and deal and be surgical and go from there and hope to get the defense to draw up to to take a few shots. The running game and all that's not going to work. Pickett's well-schooled. He's not a raw rookie by any stretch of the imagination. So I am excited to see what they have that, on that side of the ball. But it seems like the Bills' defense is going to be healthier, and the Bills' defense is really damn good. And they don't have a running game to worry about. But you know, on the other side, obviously Steelers' defense not special, but this is where I give them at least a chance to like maybe cover the 14-point spread. They don't have to worry about defending a run game. Steelers are allowed to just pass rush, disguise, do that kind of crazy crap. I don't know. I guess it's just four teams too much for me with Pittsburgh. I think the Bills control the football game, but I'm going to say 28-16. to 16. Uh, There's just something about Pittsburgh that scares me to think that you can beat them by more than 14 points like that. 27-17, and I agree with you. And look, the Steelers do have a chance here. If they unleash Kenny Pickett and he starts dropping dimes to George Pickens, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryermuth, it could be a game where it's like 31-28, 28-27, something like that. But I think 14 is just too much, especially against the Steelers. And I think that even though they'd very much like to win the game, there is a pride factor that comes in to not losing by more than 14. And even though the players aren't supposed to be aware, they are aware. Kenny Pickett's already talked about it. He said, we don't feel like we're the underdogs in this game. And I wouldn't expect him to say anything otherwise. But I think that all hands on deck here. There's no way we can lose by more than 14 points. No way. Let's prove Las Vegas wrong. Let's prove our doubters wrong. Let's use this as a rallying cry. Remember the last time they went to Buffalo, they were six and a half point underdogs week one, 2021, and they won the game straight up. I think 27-17, I think they cover, and uh, they could. They could. They could surprise the Bills. If they hadn't beaten the Bills last year, I'd be tempted. I'd be tempted to go pasta and meatballs here. But I don't think they're going to do it, especially after what happened against the Jets last week. I'm off the Steelers now. Steelers got to win me back. I'm off the 2022 Steelers, Chris. I, I, I hear you. I mean, I don't know. What, what's, there to, what's there to believe in? You know, there's nothing there that's like a real part of their football team where you go, ooh, that's elite, and they could play off that. And I think that's the problem. I mean, they have more things that we go, whoa, that's below average than elite. Their run defense is below average. Their run offense and offensive line are below average. So, yeah, I'm with you. This is uh, Steelers going to fight hard and be annoying, but they're not going to the playoffs. This is a, a rebuild type year. Chargers at the Browns, the L.A. Chargers, my Roseanne, Rosanna team for now and forever. It's always something, and they almost blew a huge lead against the Texans on Sunday because with the Chargers, it's always something. They go to Cleveland. The Browns lost to the Falcons in Atlanta. Browns are two-and-a-half-point favorite. No, wait a minute. The Chargers are two-and-a-half-point favorites. What the hell? The Chargers are two-and-a-half-point favorites over the Browns in Cleveland with over-under a 47-and-a-half. This has early best bet for me potentially because I think the Browns still have the the horses to hold their own at home against the Chargers what do you think I I think the the big question to me is just the Chargers their run defense 
can they sell out and stop the 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 Browns from running the football down their throat? That that's the big thing to me. You know, I, I worry about if the Browns are to pull off the upset that they just controlled the line of scrimmage, controlled the clock, you know, and just beat the Chargers defense into the ground. I, I, I'm going to say there's not enough in the passing game to scare the Chargers all the way to where they're going to go all out to stop their run and slow it down just enough that, you know, they don't get obliterated by it or doesn't let them totally control the clock that way. I don't know. I can kind of see this game end up being kind of high scoring. You know, I I feel like the Chargers, their pass offense, we know that's special. The pass rush of the uh, Browns has not been all that great. The Chargers protect. We saw them kind of carve up this scheme last year. I, I don't know. This one's a close one. I'm just going to go with the team that I think is a little bit better and that who I trust just a hair more. And I trust Herbert, and I think the Chargers are just a hair more talented. So I'm going to take them over the Browns, 30-27. to 27. I got 24-21 Browns. And you know what? Because yeah. the Browns were one of my best bets last week, and they did you-know-what at the drive-thru. I think uh, I think that it probably won't be a best bet, but I do like the Browns in this one. This is kind of a gotta – there it is. Hey, there it is. Roseanne, 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 Adana. Um, I, I think the Browns find a way. And this is kind of got to have it territory for both teams, two and two. Which way are you going to skew as we start getting beyond the first four games of the season? You're going to be two and three or three and two. Big difference, obviously. I just like the Browns at home. They get Miles Garrett back, apparently, from that very scary car accident from 10 days ago. I think they can muster enough to get this win. And if they don't, that really that, – that vibe that we had, it just shows you how quickly things change in the NFL. Great vibe about the Browns after they beat the Steelers on a Thursday night, and now we're feeling very differently about them two weeks later. I like the Browns 24-21. Texans, we don't feel very good about them at 0-3-1. At the Jaguars, who are 2-2, two and two, but much better than 2-2 two and two would suggest – Seven-point favorites at home, 43-and-a-half over under. Your darlings of 2022, Chris, do they cover? I suspect you're going to pick a victory here, but do they win by seven or more? I, I am. I'm picking them to win by seven or more. I'm saying 27-14, and I'm kind of probably trying to be a little bit, you know, respectful to the Texans with that, really, in a lot of ways. I, I You know, one, uh, the Texans' defense, uh, they're not very good. We know that. They can't stop the run. And the Jaguars are capable of running the football and then have the weapons on the outside to expose them and take advantage of that too. I think they're going to be a real problem for the Texans' defense. I do. And then the other way around, I just go, I don't, you know, I don't know what to expect. The Texans' offense, it's, it's, nothing, it's nothing. There's nothing special there. You know, okay, Damian Pierce, some long, ugly drives that they can put together. All right, but I think the Jaguars' defense is, is dominant. You know, they were toe-to-toe with the Eagles last week. Trevor Lawrence just played the worst game we've seen him play this year and was as careless as could possibly be. You know, So the, I am not getting off this Jaguars train yet. That was a learning lesson for them. I think they're far superior than the Texans and really will have their way in just about every category, 27-14 Jags. Here's the area where I have some pause. Okay, what is that? Last year, Texans 30, Jaguars 21. Texans 37, Jaguars 21. The year before that, Texans 27, Jaguars 25. Texans 30, Jaguars 14. Uh, The year before that, Texans 26, Jaguars 3. 
Texans 13, Jaguars 12. I mean, it just keeps going and going. Now, the Jaguars are clearly the better team right now. There's just something about the Texans and the Jaguars, just like there's something about the Jaguars and the Colts. We can't ignore that when it plays out this way, especially in an annual home-and-home series. I am ignoring that, though. I'm saying Jaguars 27, Texans 17. And you said you're being respectful to the Texans. Look, they haven't been embarrassed in any one game yet. They haven't been blown out by anyone. They had a big lead over the Colts. They blew it. They could have beaten the Bears. They could have beaten the Broncos. And they were down badly to the Chargers and and made a game of it. So they're not horrible. They're just winless. But I think this is time for the Jaguars to to step up and, and end this losing streak to their rivals from the AFC South. The Chicago Bears at the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings coming back from London where they got the double doink, got lucky game, winner, the kind of game they'd lose in the past. They found a way to win. Seven-point favorites over Chicago, over under 44. Do the Vikings get to 4-1? and one? They do not feel like a 4-1 and one team. Will they be 4-1 and one come Sunday afternoon, Chris? I, I think so. I do. You know, I just, you know, again, the Bears want to run the ball, make it ugly, and do all that. I don't know. I mean, Mike, I ask you, residents, you know, Vikings fan, do you, do you think the Bears are just going to run all over the Vikings, even though the Vikings know, like, hey, this is what they do, this is what they want to do, we're going to put one more egg in that basket? What's your thought there? I think that they're going to give Justin Fields an opportunity to throw the ball because they're going to try to take away the run, and yeah. this is going to be an opportunity for – for Justin Fields to show that that he can do it. This is this is a winnable game for the Bears. The Vikings should be very nervous about this one flying back from London. They had the extra factor of the horrible compound fracture suffered by Lewis Sign who is out for the year and is was still in London at last announcement from the Vikings. I mean that has to affect the locker room and the vibe around the team. And it's just an exhausting week to go there and then come back. And you're playing against a team that you've got, yeah, it's not the Packers. It's not the Cowboys. It's a team that you think you can just punch the the victory and move on to the next game. This is dangerous. I got 27-21. I think the Bears find a way to cover. Just because I've watched these Vikings games, other than the Packers game, they have not been impressive. They should have lost to the Lions. They should have lost to the Saints. And I could see just another one of these sluggish. They take away Justin Jefferson. The offense really can't get going. And they just do enough to win. And they maybe get a score late or even a garbage time touchdown by the Bears to turn 27-14 into 27-21. Either way, I think the Bears keep it close enough that I'm not comfortable laying seven on this one, Chris. Yeah, I I, I mean, I hear you with that thought. I'm going to lay it and get let the Vikings – I'm going to pick 27-17. I got to see it to believe it, to think Justin Fields in the pass game can can carry the workload. It, it's been horrible. It's not, not, not just okay or whatever, and I know there's not lack of weapons, but it's not so lack of weapons that we can barely throw for 100 yards every week. And nobody, nobody's that bad in the NFL, all right? So I got real issues there. And, again, like I said to you earlier today, not only is the throwing all over the place, the decisions are not all that great, and I think by the way they call the game as play callers, they've lost confidence in Justin Fields. They, they're taking the ball. They're managing the game. They're, they're, he's not in the trust tree with them right now. 
And that goes back to the Green Bay game when they threw the ball nine times, or 11, nine times when it was competitive. They threw two extra times late in the football game. And here's the other thing I worry about with the Bears, too. You know, everybody runs on the Bears. Everybody. You know, they got lucky that it was a slop fest with the 49ers. They would have probably ran for 400 yards on them, too. And that, to me, is when the Vikings... Like, they totally just shit on you because then they get the run game going and it's Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen all play action and you're ruined. And so I'm scared. I don't think I'm going to make it the best bet because of a lot of the reasons you said and the London trip and all of that. But at the same time, I think they're clearly better than the Bears. So I'm going to go 27-17, but I doubt I'll go best bet with this one. I'm a little scared of that. Lions-Patriots, the Pat Patriot throwbacks make their return given the fact that the NFL has ditched the kind of oddball one-helmet rule that was in place for a decade. Matt Patricia revenge game against Detroit. Both teams one and three. Both teams got to have a win. Patriots three-point favorites. We don't know if we're going to see Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi. Does it matter to you, Chris? Do the Patriots find a way to get to two and three against a team that has a great offense but a shitty defense. Yeah, that that that's you know that's the interesting thing. I'm gonna pick the Patriots to win. I don't care who's at quarterback. I'm gonna take them. I, I don't, you know. One, you said it right. The Lions' offense has been very good. It's 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 surpassed expectations. You know, there's talent there. You know, like with the Stubert conversation of people saying golf is maybe better than Jared, uh, Matthew Stafford now. Like, you're fucking insane and you're on drugs. You need to be drug tested if you're saying that, all right? The Lions offense is more talented than the Rams across the board. You would take – I would take the Lions receivers. I would definitely take the Lions offensive line. I would definitely take the Lions running back. I would definitely take the Lions tight end. So there's some good there. I just wanted to prove that point for how stupid people are to say that comment. But anyways, to continue to go on there, like this is the best defense they've played this year. I mean, the Eagles, it was week one, so I don't want to put all that in there. And they were dominant in the competitive part of the football game. I don't think the Lions are going to be able to march the ball up and down the field on the New England Patriots. Patriots D is good. And then the last point is, yeah, Patriots offense is not great. But it's still well coached and knows what to do. And the Lions, like you said, they can't stop Jack Diddley shit. Run game, pass game, whatever. So that's where Pat, the Patriots, going to shove it up the ass of the Lions. And I'm going to th- say the, the pa- Patriots win 23-20. I went all the way out I've got, there. I, you know, wait, wait, what score did you pick? 23-20, pa- pa- Patriots. You, you, need, you need a different score. Oh, it's, it's uh, three points. It's three points. And all that build up and you pick them by the win by three? I mean, well, what the fuck was that? Well, it's what do you mean? It's the Patriots. They're one and three. I'll go 24-20. 24-20. But the Patriots got, are one and three. I'm not going to give them the blowout. I got 34-20. I think it is going to be one of those. And wasn't there a time when the Lions went to New England and lost like 62-3 to or something like that? I was thinking of your Titans. Remember that year your Titans went up there yes. and got obliterated in I wasn't in there New for that. I was not there. Oh. They wouldn't have lost like that if I was on the sideline. No. There's no way. <laughs> the edge I used to bring to the team holding the clipboard. Are you fucking kidding me? They'd have been ready to play. <laughs> Seahawks at the Saints. Another team played in London had the deflating loss, all those guys injured, had a chance to win it. Now they come back, no bye week on the back end. Seahawks come to town feeling pretty good about themselves after what they did in Detroit. Five-and-a-half-point favorites are the Saints in this one. Do you like the Saints to win? Do you like the Saints to cover over under 46? What do you got? Like, I'm on the fence with this one. I am. You know, there's a little – 
at least belief and mojo going on in Seattle, right? There, there seems to be something there where they're at least vibing. I, I'm not sold that they're very talented or playoff caliber quite yet, but way Geno's playing and Pete's energy and all that, and they're making some plays and all that. You know, this, I could see them going into into New Orleans and and winning this football game. I can. I don't know if I can pick it to actually happen though. Uh, that's where. You know, one, I mean, the, the thing I look at here is this is a still a really good defense with the Saints. It is. And, and I know that, you know, Seattle moved the ball pretty well against the Falcons and the, the shitty Lions defense that we just talked about. But I'm, I'm not ready to go, oh, wow, I'm sold on this Seahawks offense and they can tear anybody up. Not yet. And not with the Saints defense and this team being one and three backs against the wall. And I also think just the Saints offense, to a point you made before the year, and you reminded everybody, and I think about you, and I've given you credit a few times, and I've talked to other places. Like, the Sean Payton thing's real. It's official. It's official. The Saints miss Sean Payton. Their offense is nothing special. They ha- have a hard time scoring every week, but it is Seattle, and their defense is almost as shitty as Detroit's. So because of that, I think they're just going to win because they're just they're just score enough points with their work-in-progress offense. 24-21 Saints, I'm going. I got 2017 Saints for all the same reasons. I think the Saints are good enough to win this one. Being at home will help. Having some of their guys back could make a difference. And the the real question is, how much did last week affect them? And will they avoid letting one loss become two? That's a test for Dennis Allen and company. And, of course, one loss has become three after they lost to the Buccaneers in week two, a game that it looked like they were going to win. What a different vibe this team would have if they had won that game yeah. and they had beaten the Vikings. It just shows you how narrow the margins are. But I'm going to go 20-17. to 17, And if the Seahawks win this one, then I have to revisit how I feel about the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. And we're on this right. roller coaster with so many teams. Hey, we were wrong. They're good. Oh, no, wait, we were right. They suck. Oh, no, we were wrong. They're good again. Yeah, and no, now we're not there maybe, yet. Right. Maybe we're back to, oh, right. no, we suck again. All right. Uh, Dolphins at the Jets. The Jets complete the tour of the AFC North 2-2, two and two, but they're 0-2 at home against both the Bengals and the Ravens. Dolphins come in as three-point favorites. Teddy Bridgewater is the starter over under a 46. Who you got? Well, I, I mean, I, I, like, I, I don't know about you, but like the fact that two is not in there, it doesn't like go, oh, no, I got to change my thought about the Dolphins. I, I don't look at it that way. I don't. I, I still think the Dolphins, it's the system, the offense, the talent that's there. You know, they made some big plays and moved the ball last week when Teddy got in the game. I know he wasn't perfect, but he'll be better this week. You know, so that, that's where I'm interested to see. That's the McDaniel-Robert Sala matchup. You know, they know each other from their days in the 49ers. What, what's the little chess match there? Um, I do think the Dolphins are, you know, the more talented team, even though I like what I see from the Jets. You know, I'm going to pick the Dolphins, but, you know, the Jets and their weapons and Zach Wilson, and if the Dolphins are a little too aggressive with some of the defenses they play, I do think that the Jets can make you pay. Wilson, you know, I love his talent, and those three receivers they got, they, they, can, they can beat man-to-man coverage. So that's where I, like, I give them a fighting chance, but I just don't think overall they're quite as good as Miami, and... The Jets always seem to do one or two dumb things, and the Dolphins usually force you to do one or two dumb things, and I just think that'll happen in this one. Uh, I, I, I trust the Dolphins just a hair more than the Jets. 21-17. Um, yep, 21-17 Dolphins.
Okay, here's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I've got all of my scores pre-written down on this piece of paper that I brought up. And you, I'm not going to – I don't want you to see any of the others. Right. But – You're going to change? I am going to do this. Yeah. Look, I'm going to make a change here. Here's okay. what I'm going to do. Because we do picks at PFT. And what I do is on Wednesday night I go in and I start putting the scores in and put like a couple sentences of some, you know, smart-ass remark. But uh, I had 23-20 because the line – in that document is Dolphins like two and a half, okay? I see three now, and my first thought is, all right, just make it 24-20 Dolphins. It's like, whoa, 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 hang on a second. Zach Wilson, Milfinator, looking pretty good last week. Right. Uh, Jets, surprisingly good. Dolphins, you got all that turmoil. You got that internal angst, investigation, oh, and yeah. criticism, and, and, and just just, you know, kind of – not right. Like things are off. I'm going to go Jets. I'm changing it. I'm going to go Jets 23-20. And I was influenced by the the line. It just I can't take the Dolphins the cover. I wanted to take the Jets the cover. The line's too close. Screw it. I'll take the Jets to win 23-20. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think you're crazy there. I don't. You know, this is one where I know one. You know, I, I think the Dolphins. Yeah, the Dolphins are favored. I think a lot of people, but it, I, I do think it's scary. The Jets are not the same old Jets. They're not. There's speed and talent on their defensive side of the ball, and I think we're going to see with the, the Milfinator, Zach Milfson there, he's going to start showing people why they made him the number two pick in the draft. And remember, it was a tug-of-war between the Jets and the Dolphins for Tyree Kill, and I guarantee you Robert Sala is making sure those defensive backs know yeah. that Tyree Kill didn't want to come play on that team. All right, Falcons and Bucks. Bucks are nine-point favorites. They desperately need a win after losing two in a row, over under 48. Do they cover? I assume you're going to pick them to win. Do they cover? I am going to pick them to cover, but just barely. I am. I mean, again, I, I have a hard time. The, the, the Bucks are going to be – I think the Bucks are going to be able to stop the run game of the Falcons. That's their bread and butter. There's no Cordell, Cordero Patterson, so that hurts them there. And then the Bucks. You know, one of their worst defensive performances we've seen them have really over the last three years was last week. And the Chiefs ran the ball on them. So, you know, that's where I just go. I think that stops. And the the problem with the Falcons is there's, there's really just no pass game to worry about. You know, it, it really is. And Mariota does not scare you. He's not consistent. He still misses way too many NFL should-be completion type throws. And the Falcons, even though they fight and they, you know, play and do things the right way, it's just not a great defense. Grady Jarrett, A.J. Terrell, as long as you don't let them fuck the game up, you're going to win the game. And I think Tommy and company get back on track. 27-17, Buccaneers, yo-ho, yo-ho, the Pirates' life for me. You got the, the very, very Barely by one point cover. I'm going to go blowout city here, 30 to 13. I just feel like the planets are lining up in this one. Yeah. This is one that reaffirms your faith in what you know about football. And to me, just like with the Patriots blowing the doors off the Lions, this is Tom Brady DNA. This is Tom Brady fighting through the ring finger, fighting through the right shoulder, and finding a way to torch the Falcons who without Cordero Patterson are a very different team. And Kyle Pitts, by the way, had a hamstring. Oh, that's right, too. On Jeez, Wednesday. Right. I, I, I just think this is night-night time for the Falcons. Hey, Atlanta, I don't know how you're 2-2, two and two, but you're not going to be 3-2. and two. And the Buccaneers aren't going to allow themselves to be 2-3, and three, not after the way they got started 
30 to 13 Buccaneers win. Last one in the early window on Sunday. The Tennessee Titans, two and a half point favorites at the Washington Commanders, one in three. With Carson Wentz, Chris, who do you like in that one? Over under, by the way, forty three point five. Well, I, I, I do, I do think this will be a close one. I do. I mean, you know, I, I know it's their two and a half point favorite. You know, there's some things here from Washington where you go, wait, if they can protect the quarterback just a little bit, I do think Carson Wentz and them could carve up the Titans' pass defense. But I just, I don't know if I have enough faith to know that they can really do that. I don't. You know, so that's where I'm, I'm a little scared. That's where I'm going to pick the Titans to win the football game. But if they could just protect him a little bit, there will be plays there to be had for them by their offense. You know, defensively, you know, Washington's defense has not been very good. We know that. It's kind of, you know, it's dust-up ball, and it's, it's underwhelming for some of the talent they have there, right? But, like, you know, the one thing is they don't have to worry about a great passing game. So they can sell out to stop the run. Uh, and I give them, you know, a little bit of a bump up because of that. But I, I just, I, again, big game. Titans need it still. You know, they're 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 trying to establish themselves as one of the better teams in the AFC. I think they'll continue to right the ship. It might be ugly here, but twenty to seventeen Titans on the road in Washington. So the soft barely covered yeah. by the Tennessee yeah. Titans. I'll go twenty-one ten. I just feel like the Commanders are falling apart. Some of the stuff that Ron Rivera said earlier this week just tells me the pressure is really getting to him. The idea that, oh, we're, you know, we've got five championships. Well, I thought we weren't supposed to talk about the past. Oh, that's only when we talk about the Dan Snyder investigation. And again, I got a ton of respect for Ron Rivera. I just think he's in a position where he's perpetually got one, if not both hands tied behind his back while he's trying to turn this team around. So 21-10, Tennessee, let's take a break. We'll get to the late afternoon games when this joint production of Chris Sims Unbuttoned and PFTPM continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. PFTPM Chris Sims unbuttoned another Sunday with just three games in the late afternoon window. Good for us because while those late afternoon games are going, we're kind of getting ready for a TV show, but more games at one o'clock to try to what's going on here. What's going on there. What's going on here. Again, the ultimate and first world problems, as we've said on PFT live, the 49ers at the Panthers 49ers favored by six and a half short week for them flying cross country Panthers to borrow one of your phrases. Patent pending, copyright infringement, sucky ducky, all across the board. 39 and a half over under. It's the lowest of the week. Who do you like in this one? Well, I mean, you know who I like. That's for sure. I mean, I'm going with the 49ers. I'm going with the 49ers. It's my best bet. I am. I, I don't know. I just look at six and a half and go, you know, the Panthers, they're another one of those teams where you classify where I'd go, I don't know if you took the defense off the field, they still might not go down and score. They, they would find a way to get a penalty and, and throw a few incompletions and somebody might drop the ball as they're running down the field. 
Like it, it's, ball gets batted down. I mean, <laughs> I know it's just it's it's their disaster. And then it's just like, oh, whoa, against the 49ers defense, which is for my money, the best defense in football. I mean, it's not only physically the best, but it's it's schematically one of the best, too. And then you couple that with like Carolina, their defense. I have respect. They obviously have some playmakers there, but they don't stop the run. And we know who's coming to town here with Shanahan, and that's when all of a sudden it's, you know, fake this and boom over the middle and boom over the middle and screen to Debo, and they get your head on a swivel and you don't know which way you're getting hit. So I'm going 49ers 27-10 to 10 in this one. There was a game between these two teams in San Francisco's Super Bowl run that finished 51-13, to 13, 49ers over the Panthers. Now, I'm not quite ready to say – and the Panthers were above 500. They were 4-2 in that game. And the 49ers just destroyed them. I'm not ready to go that far. I've got 24 to 10. I just, hey, look, Baker Mayfield got his new beginning, got what he wanted, got a chance to go somewhere and establish himself for a year, maybe stay with Carolina as their new franchise quarterback, maybe lay the foundation to be a free agent and go somewhere else. Right now, he's in Mitch Trubisky mode for next year where somebody will sign him at best to be the starter until they draft somebody who'll take over at some point between that moment and week five. That's where Baker Mayfield is, and he has to ask himself, do I even want to play if I'm going to get a contract that goes along with that? That's how bad it is right now, and I don't expect it to get any better this week against the 49ers who are going to tee off on that offense, tee off on Baker Mayfield. They're starting to find their rhythm. They're starting to find their groove, and I think this one is going to be ugly. 49ers 24, Panthers 10, and uh, we're in agreement on that one. We're just a few points off. You're thinking best bet there, too? I'm, I've got – you know what? I've got three right now, which are the, – the easiest best bets for me are when I see a team that I think is dramatically better than its opponent and the line doesn't reflect that. And I've got three of them already that, that I feel pretty good about. And you, you've already – if you've been paying attention, you know which the other two are already, and I think this one's number three. Eagles, five-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at Arizona. It was funny, Jalen Hurts at his press conference Wednesday. They asked no questions about the Cardinals, so he asked himself a question, essentially, about the Cardinals, basically trying to make sure everybody takes this team seriously because there is kind of a funk with the Cardinals. Eagles flying high. Do they soar into Arizona and win the game and cover that five-and-a-half-point spread, Chris? Uh, I, I believe so. I mean, again, with, with Arizona – you know, I respect the defense. I do. Vance Joseph, the way he coaches their schemes, I think they're creative. He, get, he gets the most out of the group. But this is a different animal they're playing. You know, you heard me say today, like Philadelphia's, they're extremely talented. They're extremely well coached. And I go into the thing you always hear me say. They got checks and balances where you can't overplay anything they do. And they're really kind of good in all areas. Really, they really are. The only thing I think we have to question is if, you know, it becomes like, oh, they have to drop back and throw the ball every time. That's the only thing I can go, well, maybe. But I don't expect this team to put them into that bind to where it's like the playoff game last year against the Buccaneers where we go, whoa, Philadelphia's got to do the drop back pass game 30-something times. You know, so that's where you know, I got to see somebody slow down Philadelphia's offense first before I buy into that, even though I got respect for that Arizona uh, coaching staff over there on that side of the ball. The biggest problem to me is, is what you heard me say earlier today, too. Arizona's offense sucks. It sucks. It's, it's, it's horrible. I mean, it's three yards in a cloud of dust, except they're spread and trying to throw the football, which is even worse. You know, there's nothing. 
No, they can't run the ball. The schemes are bland. There's not any great one area that you go, ooh, this puts them in trouble here. And because of that, I'm, I'm going to go Eagles 28-17. You know, I, I'm not even sure if they they might be asleep at the wheel to a degree. They're still going to dominate the football game. I think they are asleep at the wheel. I think that's why Jalen Hurts said what he said on Wednesday. And I think they're going to be peeking ahead to the Cowboys a little bit. This is going to be a real test for Nick Sirianni to keep these guys focused. They're feeling good about themselves. This kind of feels like it has potential to be correction Sunday for a team that's undefeated. I'm going to go 24-21. I think the Cardinals are going to give them a scare. Okay. I still think the Eagles are good enough to win, but I'm going to thread this needle. It's not a thin needle. It's five and a half points. I think the Cardinals cover in part because the Eagles aren't going to take them seriously, and they're peeking ahead to week six, Sunday Night Football, NBC and Peacock, Cowboys at the Eagles. Speaking of the Cowboys, Cowboys at the Rams. Five-and-a-half-point favorites are the Los Angeles Rams somehow. Is that right? Are they the, are they the favorites in this one? Five and a half points, the Rams, after that turd we saw them drop on Monday night. Pete, do you have this right? I assume he does because he hasn't told me otherwise. All right, Chris, I think you know where I'm leaning. Where are you leaning? Well, I, 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 the, the Cowboys are, uh, are better than the Rams as a complete football team. I, I, I don't doubt that. I guess this is where I get into this a little bit. They, they they cause some serious issues. There's no doubt the Cowboys to what the Rams want to do. But the Rams being at home, 2-2, two and two, desperate. And I think, though, even though the Cowboys' defense is going to be a handful for, for the Rams, where I think it could be a little different is the fact that, you know, again, Matthew Stafford did all he could possibly do last week against the 49ers. People who blame Matthew Stafford... I don't know what they're looking at. They can't run. They can't protect. And they got nobody that scares you down the field. So, yeah, he had to throw a lot of close, tight window, five- and six-yard throws. The difference with this one compared to the 49ers is Dallas will play some man-to-man, which will, I think, give them some shots to be a little more aggressive. And then the other thing I'm just going to say here, because I do think Dallas is better as a complete football team in totality, but I think... Cooper Rush managing the game shit and all that kind of crap, right? That That's not going to be enough this week against the Rams, you know? So that's where I look at it and just go, I no, this is a game where the quarterback would might have to make – they're going to be able to stop the run, and they're a good pass defense still there with the Rams. I'm going to say an ugly, gutty 20-17 to 17 win where Cooper Rush finally has a few mistakes and shut we shut all that Dak Prescott quarterback controversy shit up. And we see Dak Prescott then the following Sunday night against the Philadelphia Eagles, if that's the case. I'm taking the Cowboys in this one 17-13. Yeah. You mentioned the Rams going home. Yeah. Do you really think it's no. going to feel like a home game for the Rams? No, you're right. The, it's not. The NFL abandoned the market for 20-plus years. So what did Jerry Jones do? He yeah. started doing training, training camp, camp in Oxnard. He's got more fans there you're right. than the Chargers and maybe as many fans there as the Rams. I, I and don't the, disagree. And if you're a Rams fan, you can go nine times this year and see the Rams play if you're a Cowboys fan you go once and this is it and they're going to be there and it's going to be loud and it's going to be silent count city for Matthew Stafford I like the Cowboys defense to carry this one regardless of Cooper Rush I hear you I think the Cowboys get it done 17 13 
Let's go ahead. And I, I like it. I, I don't think your thought's wrong. I'm just picking the Rams to make a play or two and gut it out. But I, I hear I don't feel saying. I don't feel strongly enough to say best bet right, on that right, one. I right. think I got my three locked in, but I do like the Cowboys to win. Primetime games when we return, including Lamar Jackson against Joe Burrow and uh, more. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. PFTPM Chris Sims unbuttoned week five joint mega picks podcast Sunday night football. Ooh, we got a good one. We got a great one next week. We got a good one this week. Bengals at the Ravens. Ravens haven't won a home game. I since I think since 2010. I think that's what it's up to now. I may be exaggerating. Bengals beat the crap out of the Ravens in Baltimore last year, 41 to 17. That was kind of the moment we're like, hey. These Bengals may have something here. These We may have to look past those ugly uniforms and realize the Bengals may have some good players inside of them. Ravens are three-point favorites. Both teams are two and two. Key swing game in the AFC North. Over under 48 and a half. Chris, who do you like? I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I was on the fence with this one. You know, the last, you know, whatever, whatever it is, 24 hours since I've been trying to figure this out and writing scores and a few little notes and things like that where – you know, I went back and forth. I, I look at this one as a little bit of a coin flip game. It certainly won't be a best bet for me. I know that. Here's the thing. I look at it and go, you know this, I know this, all of this. Marlon Humphrey made comments about this. The Ravens defense is not good. They're not. We know that. But, okay, the problem is the Bengals offense is certainly not special right now either. The offensive line is still an issue. They can't run the ball. They don't protect all that good. We saw that. And you heard me this morning on PFT where I just, the Bengals offense is doing a disservice to Joe Burrow and the weapons they have. They're so bland and simple, it's disgusting. It's line up in the same formation, seven plays in a row. No motion. I mean, last week the Dolphins stopped doubling Jamar Chase because they were literally like, well, he, all he runs is a slant or a go route. We can cover that. In fact, we don't even need our corner out here. We can bring the water boy off out here as long as he can run a little. He'll schematically be in place. You know what I'm saying. I'm having fun there. But So I don't know. And then that the fact that the Bengals can't run the ball and they can't protect, Like I don't think the Ravens are going to have to do crazy stuff on defense, right? Mike, you've heard me say the last few weeks, like the Ravens can't get pressure unless they blitz, and that compromises who they got in the back end. I don't think they're going to have to do that against this crew. I think that even their sorry-ass pass rush can get there against this crew. And so that's what scares me a little bit as far as the Bengals are concerned. And the other side of the ball, I do think the Bengals can slow down and make things ugly for Lamar Jackson and the offense, definitely. I, 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 I've gone back and forth with, wait, do I think this will be high scoring or do it? Oh, oh. I actually think I got to the point where I'm going to go like it's more of a low-scoring football game. I think the Bengals... The Bengals will have a hard time scoring a lot of points against the Ravens, and I think the Bengals' defense will slow down the Ravens and not make it a shootout, but I'm going to trust the Ravens at home and John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson to pull it out and going to go 20-17 to Ravens. I got 27-23, and to me this is a John Harbaugh reminds us all that he's a good coach game. Backed into the corner, 
saying all the right things this week, doing all the right things this week, pushing all the right buttons on his players to get maximum performance defensively, offensively, and just finding a way. It's just getting to the point where it's embarrassing. I think the home losing streak is five. Correct me if I'm wrong, Pete, but I think they've lost five in a row at home. Unacceptable for the Ravens. Harbaugh's not going to let that stand. And all due respect to Zach Taylor, in a contest between Harbaugh that, and Taylor, I'm taking Harbaugh. That, that's, that's what I basically got down to. I just When I got into it and I went, ooh, there's a lot of evens here. And, hey, I said 20 to 17 uh, I, Ravens. I really had 23-20 Ravens. I know that's spot on, so let's make it 24-20 Ravens, uh, Pete. But, but Mike, I, I want to piggyback. I, that's really when – when I got down to it and I went, ooh, wait, this and that, and okay, it's pretty even, I just went, you know what, I'm going to just trust – the Ravens culture and John Harbaugh and Lamar a little more than the Cincinnati Bengals right now, who I'm not counting out of this by any stretch of the imagination, you know, but, but I just trust Baltimore and, and like what you said, John Harbaugh, a hair more than, than Zach Taylor and company. Monday night football, the Raiders and the Chiefs, Josh McDaniels, who knows a thing or two about facing Patrick Mahomes during his time with the New England Patriots now is responsible for the entire Raiders team as they go into Kansas City to try to beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs are seven-point favorites, over-under of 51. That's the highest over-under of the week. Should be a great Monday night game. Can the Raiders hang with that offense that looked unstoppable on Sunday night against the Bucks? Yeah, they did. It's as good as I've seen them look, and that's where I just – I hope the Chiefs continue that screen game and all their different varieties, the RPO, and they're going to be really tough to stop. And as we saw in that game – you know, all of a sudden things got a little aggressive, and now now Mahomes can hit shots down the field a little bit because you're worried about all the underneath stuff. You know, I obvi- obviously think the Chiefs are better, and I'm picking the Chiefs to win by 11, 35 to 24. I am. I mean, the Raiders don't have a ton of talent on either side of the ball, but where I do get scared, and I don't think I'm going to make this my best bet, is that is this the. Patrick Graham, New England, all that. He's been there. He was there when they were defending Mahomes. You know, I think they could, you know, maybe have a cause of problem every now and then. But I think more than what really scares me is that I do think Derek Carr and company will be able to throw the ball and pick apart the Chiefs defense a little bit. All right. So that's where I give them a fighting chance. But I'm going Chiefs 35-24. 34-24 is the score I wrote down last night. I'm sticking with it. I think the Chiefs win. I think they cover. I think we're going to see some more Mahomes magic, a little of the Harlem Globetrotters type stuff when everyone on defense is the Washington Generals and he's just doing that crazy stuff where he's running around. Now in the past, the Raiders have had some luck. Remember a couple of years ago they went into Kansas City and won and then they like did a lap around the stadium, which pissed off Definitely. the Chiefs. And they probably still remember that even though John Gruden is long gone. I think this game is being played on just about the one-year anniversary of all that stuff hitting the fan last year for Gruden. Oh, right. I think it was this Friday. It'll be 52 weeks. Saturday is the one-year anniversary of when it all came out. And I think Tuesday is the one-year anniversary of when he actually resigned. So uh, I like the Chiefs, 34-24. to Best bets and our Folsom Prison Blues picks, which have been not good so far this year. We'll see if we do better when PFTPM and Chris Sims on Button continue right after this. Thank you. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters 
both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. PFTPM Chris Sims Unbuttoned Joint Megapicks Podcast. Here we go. Best bets. Time to pull the arm on that slot machine and see if any of our three picks line up. You'll see the graphic on social media this weekend. Chris, give me your first best bet for the weekend. Well, I stated it already. The Jaguars over the Texans. I'm not getting off the Jaguars. I'm not. I think they're in another class on the Houston Texans. And I think really, honestly, it's one of those where they're going to be pissed off with the way they played last week. They were, they, they were in the same class of the Philadelphia Eagles, who are the best team in the football, in football. They kind of blew it. They shit down their leg. I don't think they're going to, they think they're going to be mad about that. And they're a superior team to the Texans. So I'm, I'm going with them to start it off. Patriots given three to the Lions, wearing the Pat Patriot uniform, one and three, desperate for a win at home. This is one of those games that reaffirms your belief in all things football. Sorry, Lions. I like the Patriots to cover that three-point spread easily, Chris. Yeah, I hear you there. It's, uh, it, it, I feel that way. I'm a little scared either way. I don't know. I, just, I guess the quarterback situation scares me a little bit for the Patriots there. I'm going to go the 49ers. The 49ers. Um, I just expect to see Jimmy Garoppolo continue to get better. The offense for the 49ers we know is dangerous. The Panthers can't stop the run, and the Panthers' offense is not good, and they got the best defense in, in the league coming into town. Uh, I like the 49ers 27-10, best bet. 49ers for me as well as as I, I strongly hinted during the segment, 49ers to blow out the Panthers. Last one, Chris, what do you got? I'm going with the Eagles. I am. Well, it's just one that I'm not going to be scared by outside thoughts or anything like that here. The Eagles, to me, are in another class than the Cardinals. The Eagles' defense is doing more on that side of the ball. They're not as bland and simple. And Arizona's offense has got nothing. And even though, like I said, I respect Arizona's defense and all that, the Eagles are almost an unstoppable force on that side of the ball. It's going to take a really, really special defense and unit, I think, to beat them that way. I got Eagles 28-17, best bet number three. I got the Bucks against the Falcons, giving nine, biggest spread of the week. I think they cover it easily. I think it's going to be ugly. I think it's going to be a blowout. So I feel very good about my three this week. In fact, if you really want to get gutsy and go six-team, I'd go Jaguars. I'd go Titans, I'd go Cowboys, and package them all together because that probably pays a pretty good amount if you're so inclined to do that. Wow, look Sorry, at you, Folsom Johnny Prison the Blues Shark. Pick. Look at you. Well, Folsom I'm, Prison Blues, what's the one game? And I have, I have yet to I, get I one right it. this year. Well, I love what's that, the one game you yeah, like straight up? I love up? that you, and you're two and ten in best bets, but you're giving Johnny the Shark Pele advice. I love that. That's awesome. I was one and two last week. Yeah, go but ahead. you're two and ten for the year, so fuck off. I'm going with the 49ers over the Panthers as my Folsom County Blues. Fuck you with the drive. I'll go Bucks. I'll go Bucks. Bucks, Bucks, Bucks. Come on, Tommy. Let's go, Tommy. (laughs) Everybody enjoy the games this weekend. See ya. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. 
We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.